0: Hey what's up it's Julie Pilot from The Idea Fountain and there are no words for what we're going through right now or for what's coming. I've been home in quarantine for about two weeks now the only thing that has really gotten me through is my homegirls. The FaceTime chats, the letters, This episode was taped earlier in the month with a bunch of my girlfriends. We focused on women entrepreneurs as part of Women's History Month. It's a fireside chat with Jennifer from Floral Art, Patty Rodriguez of Little Libros, and Lala Romero of Belladonna. Plus, we filled the uh, room up with a lot of small business owners. Women's History Month has been overshadowed by this pandemic, but I think it's more important than ever to focus on small businesses and support the entrepreneurs. I hope that everyone listening is staying sane and safe. I hope your families are healthy. I really appreciate the community around the Idea Fountain more than ever. We'll get through this together. We'll stay close. We'll stay connected and do our best to help those in need. But for now, let's take back our march and Women's History Month, and then we'll keep celebrating.
1: This is the Idea Fountain, life-changing conversations.
0: Of the Idea Fountain. I'm Julie Pilot and I'm so excited about this episode. Uh, Today we're going to be talking to female entrepreneurs uh, for International Women's Day. And uh, I have my house loaded up with really strong women uh, that I am so inspired by their ideas and their courage and their strength. Um, We'll be checking in with everybody in just a minute. But first, uh, I have a few people up here. On the panel, that uh, either I have um, seen their businesses grow and thrive, or I have been a huge client of their business. Uh, First, uh, let's check in Jennifer from Floral Art LA. Hi, yeah, so I'm
2: Jennifer, and my company is Floral Art, and we're flower centric. (laughs) We um, are based in Culver City in the Hayden Track, and we do floral event design. Really, sort of, our focus is uh, installation work. And so, yeah, that's what we
0: did. And she also teaches the infamous flower arranging classes, um, uh, which I have um, taken. Uh, if I had a punch card, my god! Um, and 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 I actually did a wedding once. I did my friend's wedding off this training. Wow. Yeah, real life. <laughs> how long? How long have you had your business? Uh, it's been twenty five plus years. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Well, I can't wait to hear more about how that scaled. And Patty Rodriguez.
1: Hello. Uh, tell us a little bit about your business. Thank you for um, having me. My name is Patty Rodriguez, and I am the creator and co founder of uh, Little Libros, a uh, bilingual uh, children's book publisher. Uh, we founded the company in late 2014, so this year we'll be celebrating our sixth year. And uh, we published bilingual uh, children's books in English and Spanish. We started with board books and this year, uh, we went and moved up to picture books for an older age group. Amazing.
0: Um, and Lala Romero. Oh, jeez. Okay. It's hard to explain
3: what I do because, um, I'm Lala Romero. I am born and raised in Los Angeles. All of my companies are based in Los Angeles. A lot of times I just to keep it short. I say I'm a map maker. Um, Because I feel like the categories that I move in, uh, we're kind of like lighting the way in terms of like content, uh, apparel, beauty. So my first business is called Belladonna. Um, It's a women's lifestyle streetwear brand. It's really coming from kind of like the POV of the Latina Chicana experience here in Los Angeles. Um, And we say it's just everything flies, starts in the neighborhood. That's really the message that we like to put into the universe. Um, And then from that, we built a really cool following of just really supportive women and um, I noticed this theme of beauty, right? Like we're really trying to instill confidence into the women who shop with us and we're trying to remind the world that a lot of these fashion and beauty trends kind of started in the neighborhood. And so beauty was kind of like our natural progression. So now we have a beauty line that launched at the end of last year called Sweet Street, um, which we can talk about more later. Um, But what else do I do? Uh, I host, um, through those two brands, we host a monthly party It's called Scam and Jam. It was last night, so I'm very tired because I got home (laughs) at 4 a.m. But again, everything just kind of centered around culture and um, Los Angeles culture, black and brown culture, uh, women, and really just putting that into the universe and claiming our space in the city, in the country, in the world.
0: I think it's really interesting when, um, you know, I like working with men, (laughs) but at the same time, there's a lot of really interesting things about uh, women and visibility and opportunity. Like, I just learned this year that women actually couldn't get credit in America until 1975, and that blew my mind, right? Like, you couldn't get a credit card, and... um, As much as things have changed, they've stayed the same. Like, I saw a picture today about the um, Department of Health and everybody in a giant meeting about the coronavirus, and there was not one woman in there. Um, I do love how things are changing. Like, the new law went into effect in California about the number of women on boards. But I'm curious, um, what has it been like for you being a woman that started your own company? I'll start.
3: Um, I think for me, a lot of the reasons, uh, and it's Lada, (laughs) a lot of the reasons that I started my businesses because my first career was in the music industry, which is extremely male dominated. It still is till this day. That's a whole other episode (laughs) of the Idea Fountain. Um, And I think that I think that in most industries, um, they're still, like, so heavily male-dominated, but it's nice to almost now branch off and create, like, my own insular world, like, where I can kind of control the flow of the hire, and so we focus on hiring women, women in our community, but I think... um, I'm never surprised, like, by what you just said about, you know what I mean? I, I always am watching, like, when I'm watching films, when I'm looking at the credits roll, I'm always looking for, like, where are the women directors, where are the women, you know, producers. Um, but I think we still have a lot of work to do. Patty?
1: Oh, I think uh, as a woman of color, a brown woman, it's a lot harder to break into any industry, uh, whether it's male-dominated or not. Um, In my case, with Little Libros, uh, the intention was never to create my own company. That being an entrepreneur actually wasn't even part of my vocabulary growing up or me understanding it. It was really a necessity because when I was pitching the idea of these books to publishers, They were coming back saying that, you know, for lack of better words, that this idea was not good enough. And it really destroyed me inside, um, and I decided to not pursue working toward it anymore. And, you know, it wasn't until a life event happened that I think just it was maybe the universe that said, you know, if, if no one's going to help you, you're going to have to figure out a way to do it. And that's really how I, it was, I guess it was like do or die, really, is nobody at that moment in time saw what I was trying to create as an opportunity. Jen?
2: <laughs> I would say that being a woman really hasn't, I mean, I I can recognize what everyone's saying in other industries, but being a woman has not affected, um, I don't think, my business in any way. I do agree with Patty in that, um, you know, I never set out or thought that I was an entrepreneur in any way. This was just an opportunity for me to do what I love, and then it went from there.
0: How do you reconcile the, like, right and left brain side of your business, right? Uh, As someone that's always worked for a company, I really like imagining the future and the creative and making things happen, and I feel like it would be really difficult to also have to just do all the business insurance, like, not fun stuff. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> <You're right>. uh, <laughs> that's that's that, <laughs> that's an understatement for sure um and a big challenge um I would just say that i would I would imagine that that is most creatives you know just biggest hurdle you know in balancing those two and I mean, I don't know. I mean, I must be channeling my father because, <laughs> and really sort of um, being focused on um, organization, um, you know, just, uh, the, just the details that are make or break in my business. Um, so that's, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a big challenge for sure. But
0: it works. Do you, either of you have any secret tips and tricks?
3: Um, I'm still trying to figure it out every day. I have a co-founder, so it's helpful that there's two of us. Um, but a little bit to Patty's point, like I didn't start this business because I was like, Oh, I'm an entrepreneur and I want to, again, it was like a lot of no's and a lot of, um, like this POV your culture these people your dollars don't matter so it was we had to do it ourselves and it's always it's like google it's um youtube but uh, it's you know what I mean even to like learn excel and things like that these are all things that were completely foreign to me being that I started my career in music as an artist. And so I never really dealt with the accounting side of things. But when you have a business, that's the most important part. And so even though we started in like 2013, I really don't feel like until like maybe the last three years, we became a real business, like where we really have a handle and a grasp on all of those things, spreadsheets, all of that. It's a nightmare. (laughs) Patty, how do you feel about
1: it? I'm not... My strength is not organization in any shape, way, or form. I'm really all over the place. But um, it helps that I have an incredible co-founder. And Excel sheets and there's an art form to that too. You know, maybe it's not the art form that we choose to pursue, but at the end of the day, it kind of is. You know, to see someone see numbers and just magically come up with a formula and 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 and, uh, and an answer to questions to so me is like, well, that's that's pretty creative and, and, and there's, and, and there's magic. And to me, it's not what I would like, I like to do every day, but as a, a business owner, it comes with a territory. You know, you, if you want to continue working toward, you know, reaching your goals, you have to, you know, step into that too and, and find a ways to, to get it together. Otherwise, you know, if you don't have your numbers straight, your business is not going to, it's not going to grow. I love,
2: oh, oh, I was just going to say that I really, I think that it's every creative's dream to have someone who is running the business side of it. Um, That is, I mean, yeah, that's a dreamy thing. And um, because these days it almost takes a business to run a business. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference, I would say, of what has happened in, I'm going to say, like the past as recently as five years.
0: Wait, what do you mean by that?
2: Okay, so I'm talking about um, now, you know, social media is a huge part of all of our businesses, and that's something that everyone needs to pay attention to, so whether you used to be online only, then those people needed brick and mortar, and so they have flagship stores, say, for bigger brands, um, or... Um, if you don't, but it's just, the point is like, it's not as simple as just having a storefront and presenting, here's what I do. There are all of these other facets, um, that are important to, to reach people. Right.
3: Wouldn't you guys agree? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think that, um, even though I tend to feel like I'm more creative, I have to like every day now tell myself like, that's not my only identity within the business because you really can't not be in those numbers also. And I think just growing up, I never felt like math was my strength. I'm like, I'm not, that's not what I do. But you can't, when you're running your own business, you can't really like compartmentalize that out and leave it to someone else. But I think there's so many aspects of, um, like, from the social to, like, the pop-up, we don't have brick and mortar. But even those conversations, retail is, like, such a changing landscape, especially when you're thinking about scaling your business. Like, how do you grow this in a time, you know, like, from the retail side, which we'll go, we could probably talk about later. But there's just so much to consider, and there's so many jobs once this becomes, like, a true business, and it's not just your hobby anymore.
0: So it's, it's a lot of fun, but it's also a lot of work. One of the things that I really love about everybody that we have up here is I can see how much you have in common and how different you are in your fields. I have some specific questions. Lala, you talked a little bit about your business starting in 2013 and now like needing to be in your numbers and things like that. But I'm curious... Um, what advice you might have for artists? Because I feel like there's a little bit of a trend where artists now more than ever need to think of themselves as a business and a brand where maybe if you went back 10, 15 years ago, maybe artists thought of themselves almost more like an employee. I'm signed to Columbia records, right? But things have shifted.
3: I think that, um, I think it's amazing how many young artists are so savvy about themselves being a brand because I even feel like when I first started doing music um, there was a lot of conversation from male executives like pick are you a host for a tv show are you an artist are you you can't really be all of those things and I really feel like even 10 years ago um, like I would hear in the industry like this word like oh like such and such is a slasher Like, where it was almost like a negative thing to be all of these things. Like, pick and do that. You know what I mean? And um, it's really interesting now because every young artist that I see or that I meet with is so hyper aware of that they are in control of their destiny. And I think a lot of that is owed to social media. Where I was kind of, like, from, like, the MySpace generation and, like, one of the first artists to, like, I got my publishing deal from space, I got radio play from space. And you saw kind of like a lot of this like very independent spirit come out of the internet. So now I feel like there's just so many artists who are paying more attention to that. And then I think of artists in the past, like who, you know what I mean? So many hip hop artists like in the 90s and missed money opportunities by not having like their own clothing line. And they you know, like where Jay-Z did it exactly the right way or like Russell Simmons, just... Feeling like you're just the artist, like you miss so many opportunities to like make money to,
0: and to own you kind of like your intellectual property. And Patty, what has it been like for you? Uh, I have so much respect. First of all, Patty's one of the people that like I feel like I've watched grown up, grow up. Uh, and, you know, you also still hold down a day job right? Working at Kiss FM with Ryan Seacrest. What has that balance been like for you having a brand and a company that is absolutely exploded? Like when Amazon says your books are catching up to Harry Potter books, right? Right. Like (laughs) how do you juggle both and like avoid the temptation to say like, oh, I'm just
1: going to do my own thing? I, that's a good question. I don't know. I just, I have to constantly be doing things that I love, and they have to be different from each other. Otherwise, I just get to, I just get really sad. I have to constantly be shifting to, uh, to who I am daily. And if I didn't have that shift every day, for example, you know, in the mornings, I'm, I'm a producer slash on air talent, and then in the, in the, in, during the day, I'm working on, um, on creating children's books, and then in the afternoon, I'm, I'm a mother, Yes, I really have to change it up every day. Um, and if I don't, I just feel like a piece of me. i uh, just like I'm not who I am. And I remember always being this way since I was a, a child. And, um, and I think that got me into a lot of trouble too at school because I just couldn't sit still. I, I needed to constantly feel like I'm moving forward. And uh, maybe it's not the greatest way of, to live because I can't believe it being crazy healthy, but it works for me. And I, I wouldn't change it. I think if I was just doing one thing, I, I wouldn't be, I just, I just couldn't live. I think it's just, it's, it, I, can't, I, I can't explain it. I just have to constantly be doing different things every day. Right. And Jennifer, one question I have for you is I look at
0: Floral RLA LA as a luxury brand, right? And I'm curious, when you were starting out, how did you determine your worth? Because I feel like a lot of people that are starting businesses may have insecurities on their pricing. Is this too much? How did you set that bar and figure out your work worth and have the confidence to go forward with a luxury brand. I don't know. Do you consider yourself a luxury brand?
2: Yeah, I definitely. I think that we are. Um, That being said, you know, the monthly floral design classes that we do are about translating, you know, inspiration design into flowers, and that doesn't always have to be about, necessarily, about how much you spend. That's just about tapping into creativity. So that being said, um, but the floral art designs yeah, they are not—they're not inexpensive, um, but that has to do with our industry standard, um, the uh, level that the product, the quality. Um, it costs what it costs. So, for example, what you might see at Trader Joe's and floral art—we're not comparing apples to apples here. There's flowers, and then there's floral art, and what we do with it. So, what do we do with the flowers? And so we have craftsmen, you know, they're, they're designers. And so that's really the difference. And so not everyone sees the value or worth in that, but that's okay because not everyone is our clientele.
0: Right, so it feels like you focus on quality clients over quantity client. clients.
2: Yeah, I would say we're definitely sort of, we we're, we're have a design edge. Um, yeah, that is definitely the difference.
0: And I will second that Jennifer's flower arranging classes are a great value.
1: Um. <laughs> and, and, and I want to I want to add to that at the beginning when we uh, our first three set of books we had we priced them at nine ninety nine and when we we're trying to sell them to uh, to stores uh, for resale uh, we actually had the well nine ninety nine is too expensive for this type of book what they were saying is someone like you, that looks like you is not going to spend 9.99 on a children's book and that one they don't know that because these books didn't exist before the high quality book that we created and two that's just showing the lack of education from other people where as Latinos we do spend our money and we spend our money on Good things as well. It is just that there's just not enough good things for us to spend our money, <laughs> and so here comes this publisher with these beautiful books, and not once have we heard from our customers that these books are too expensive. So I think you know, in our case, we are changing the the way the publishing industry is seeing this community, and um, and I and, and and we're seeing other. Uh, Latina women and in, 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 in Latinos in this community and we're seeing how they're now creating their own publishing companies and creating books for us and they're pricing them the way they should be priced because if, we're, if we we have the money to spend on quality things and we deserve to create quality things for ourselves um, and I I am so glad looking back because again you know I had no idea about this industry and my partner and I were had were just navigating through this system as we moved along to it and um, I am so, I'm glad that we stood our ground and we did not allow those voices to persuade the way we were thinking. And we continue saying it's going to be this way because we know in our heart that we deserve this quality product. I have something to add.
3: I think also um, a lot of what Patty does was like out of necessity you started your company. And then I think for Natalia and I, it was kind of the same thing. Like we had to do this. And I think um, because A, it didn't exist, like we didn't see it. Um, and then it was very similar. We have had a very similar experience in that, like, you know, I would hear a lot like um Latinas, they don't shop online in 2013. Like, I'm Latina, I shop online. I'm my customer, you know, I'm like I I made these things. Like even as we've moved into beauty, like my hero product and the two products that we launched, the first two SKUs, I made these products, we made them for ourselves. And so it's really hard for someone to sit across, and especially someone who's like not of the in-group to tell me like this doesn't work or this isn't going to work, but I'm like, you're not us, <laughs> so how, are, how can you be so sure? And then a lot of the reason of like why we just went ahead and have been doing it ourselves is to prove that point. So I think we keep immaculate books to prove a point. So if anyone wants to argue about whether or not Latina shop online... Mm-hmm we can just happily show you a spreadsheet, you know what I mean? And we can pull out some numbers to disprove your theory very fast. Um, But a lot of times I think entrepreneurs um, start what they're doing because they don't see it existing. They see this open space and then they feel this calling like that they have to do it almost like from a spiritual standpoint. and so then you're almost willing to sacrifice like your health, your sleep, whatever, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like where you live, all of these things to do this thing that you love. I would just say
2: that I wanted to add to that, that point of balance earlier, and that it is very difficult to find that. But what makes it all all right is inspiration, because if you're inspired, you can do anything. And that's that's what I think is like the that's the
0: recipe. We um, Okay, we've got some anonymous questions from the audience here, from our uh, uh, business owners, bosses in the game. Uh, they threw it into a vase. Uh, okay, first question. Uh, God knows I have enough vases around here. <laughs> is it important for your business to inspire people?
2: Well, I think we covered that. First, we have to be inspired ourselves, and that inspiration is then comes out, like, and how we reach people, and um, so it's yeah, a hundred percent inspiration.
3: Absolutely, I can be having like the shittiest day ever, and like just be like, I want to quit. Like, why am I doing this? You know what? I want to go back and host a show at Beats One. <laughs> like, all of these things that I sacrifice to go work on these things that I love. And like, because there can be some really tough days and I'll get like two or three DMs. Like if I'm having a bad day, I go check our DMs. And it's so amazing to see like young girls write to us about what the brand does for them or just having that representation exist, what it means to them, seeing themselves as beautiful, us telling them that they're fly. And it's so interesting how that inspiration is such a two-way street for us, but it's 100% like why I personally do what I do is like just seeing how it affects the community that I'm doing it for.
1: Um, a few days ago, my friend asked me, Patty, when did you realize uh, that you were different than you know, the rest of the country? And I said, I don't think there was specifically a day because I never saw myself in media in media is so influential especially with ch- our children I don't think I ever woke up and I said oh my god I'm different it was just I was always different I didn't eat the same foods I was watching on you know these families on the wonder years eating you know or or my house did not look like that house um we weren't having turkey on Thanksgiving we we're having tamales um in, in the radio the music that I would hear in the English stations didn't did not sound like the music that my mom was playing Saturday mornings uh, the magazines at the at the liquor store in the corner they did, didn't have any people that looked like me that or that dressed like me um, so I think all of that shaped me to always feel that I didn't belong, and, and then you go to school, and you realize that you also share the same thing, and the same feelings with your community, you just feel like you're in this bubble, and the minute you leave this this corner of your city, you're no longer part of this country, and that's what has inspired me with everything that I do with my career, so I can help other children that look like me black and brown children to not feel what I felt because I know exactly how that can set you back and that can hold you back and I look back and I said god I was such a smart kid at school Mm -hmm. if I believed in myself and I had the support system from my own country what would what how easier my life would have been and we hood kids don't have that support system and now I think, I I share you know, with Lala's mission. Like now we are understanding that we have the power inside us, and now it's like it's a responsibility that we carry, as you know, as as individuals, people of color, to change that for change the narrative for our children. I have two brown kids, and I make a conscious effort every single day to surround them with beautiful things that represent who they are. And that starts with my books because I am I am very proud of the books that we created. They're beautiful books. They're books that you can actually go to Target and you'll find them there. I shop at Target. Therefore, my kids shop at Target. So if my brown kids, when they walk to Target and they see books about themselves and books of people that look like them and share a language, languages with, not just one language, talking about English and Spanish many times, um, then my child will never have to feel that they don't belong in their own country. And it's really hard. I, I, it's very sad to know that you're American, yet no one's, like, you're not seen as an American. It's just really heartbreaking. And I don't want my children to feel that way. And I don't want any black and brown child to feel that way. So with everything that I do with my life and everything, everything that I put my name in, whether it's on the radio show or with the books or whatever it is that I do, it's always with the, with the idea and the goal to make sure that if a black and brown child is looking at me and they know that I came from the same streets they came from, they know that it is possible. All right. There we go. <laughs> um,
0: thank you, Patty. I, I I really, you know, think everything that you're doing is so important. It was really cool. Uh there was an outdoor movie night at a place called Home and they were screening Selena. And Patty just sent down a little Libro stand up of Selena and um, there was a contest to enter to win the books and like the community lined up around the block and everybody was taking (laughs) pictures of the sign. And it's really infiltrated, you know, the community and resonated and uh, you know, it matters. So thank you. Um, What do you wish if you could go back and tell yourself a message on day one of starting your business, a lesson that would have made your life a whole lot easier, what would it be? <laughs> You're laughing. <laughs> I mean... You
2: got? Well, let's see. I would just say that, um, you know, I mean, I came from a family of sort of bohemian artists and always wished that I had parents that had business acumen. <laughs> so I have always... Learn through all of my mistakes, hopefully. Um, I don't know, just that it'll be all right. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, trusting, right? Yeah, Being, believing, believing in yourself, and and if you don't have the answer, you find out. You find the person who does, and you figure it out. Yeah. I
3: think to her point, I always wished that i had parents who could like help out more with like on both sides like even with music and i think i for a long time i wished that like right like i wish i came from a family that like had money that could like bankroll this project or that could introduce me to the right person to help me with my music career and it's really interesting because i felt like that like really frustrated about where i came from for a really long time and then i started to realize that it was like actually truly the blessing Right. My dad um, was a gardener and it wasn't until like a few years ago, I'm like, oh, he's like the OG entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Really? You know? And so I almost had to just reframe the way I was looking at things to really find kind of like the beauty, light and message in that experience. Um, And I think what I wish like Lala day one of her business would have known is just truly the importance of like hiring a good like accountant something like that stuff is so important and I'm just such a creative girl that like I hate, I'm not gonna say I hate those details because I'm changing the way I speak of it but those those the number parts are really hard so I would say if you're a creative woman listening to this and you're thinking of starting a business focus on both parts equally, the numbers and the creativity.
1: Oh, I think to me, um, it would I always when everyone always says, "What's the you know, what can you tell me?" I wanna, I I wanna start this. I wanna start that. And I said, I say the hardest part, and I really genuinely believe this is starting, believing in yourself. I think that's definitely the heart, That's the biggest challenge the biggest wall you have to jump and believe that you can um many people I think we don't we're not true to ourselves because we're afraid of what others may think of us and others are usually like family and friends you know family and friends have a certain perception of you and you're afraid that you know you come out and you walk in like oh today I'm a I'm an artist and they're like what, you're not you've been Working at the nursing's office all your life. Like, since when are you a painter? You know, and I think that that really that really discourages people, and that's really hard to break through and understand. Like, you know, I could be a million things. I'm not. I'm not just one thing. And there's so many things that I can share with the world. And I think once you just, you you just jump and you say, you know what, I'm gonna do that. Everything else. It's really a science that we can all learn. You know how to. Uh, there's so many uh, resources online where it's like, well, how can I start a business? You know, where can I get a license? You know, is it an LLC, a C-Core, like all those things. Like that's, that's already out there. You know, that's, you've, there's a billion resources for that. What's not out there and only, and only you can do for yourself is believing in yourself. There's no amount of money. There's no, no enough of resources that you will ever find to get you to believe in yourself because that's all on you and that's the hardest part. Everything else is already out there for you and it's easy and all you have to do is just go and look for it on Google, like seriously. Um, but to me, like I was like in the zone, me and my business partner were like, once we decided to get an LLC for the company, everything just seemed like it was just like going full speed and like a huge blur and God just ha- gave us all this energy because I had a a three-year-old and I would put him to bed and then I would start working until like three in the morning and then I would only have an hour sleep Ugh. to go to the radio station. I know that's why but you I, said
0: that and I knew that your alarm clock was probably going off at three thirty.
1: but I didn't feel tired I was in the zone I was like this is like this is do or die like this is and I think once you find that, like that that love you have for something, like nothing is going to stop you. This is just you. You're the only one that's stopping yourself. Everything else, like, you know, life, there are a lot of obstacles, especially for people of color. But I think it's like, you know, either we die hoping that things will change or we die fighting, you know? And I'm going to, I hope that, I will continue fighting until like my last breath. Mm. One thing, which is that um, to be in business
2: and to succeed is, it's about, it's about resourcefulness and learning to see, recognize your disadvantages, to look at, to work, find workarounds for them. Um, and I think you just have to be resourceful if you're not handed everything. And with being resourceful, that could be asking for help too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we all have to ask for help.
0: Yeah. Um, I really love community so much, and as I said before, there's so many strong women uh, who run businesses in this room. I want to check in and get everybody's names out there in a second. But full disclosure, I was fishing through these good questions. <laughs> And I found one more that's so good. Um, How comfortable are you with failure?
2: I think that we all have probably a lot to say about that. Um, I mean, I always want to be perfect, right?
0: Oh, and you are so perfect. I mean, you go in like to Jen's. Studio and like it's perfect. <laughs> I'm OCD, so it's been. It's <laughs> had a flashback of me doing my flower arrangement. She's like, you could do it like that, or
2: <laughs> that's the great thing about the design classes. Yeah. You can let go of all of that. It's just about inspiring. But um, I think that failure is that's how we learn, and we have to accept them and move on. And, you know, that's just, that's part of our own evolution. I think in creativity, um, spiritually, I think just all, all, all around.
3: Um, for me, I'm really comfortable with failure. It's pretty interesting. Um, I think, especially because, uh, like I've gotten to the point where I have the confidence and I'm not afraid to like let go of something and start something new or say goodbye to something in the, you know, and roll the dice on something else. And I think that um, to kind of be an entrepreneur or to, it's even weird because I don't necessarily consider myself that still, but I think that's the spirit. You know what I mean? Of just, you have to be willing to like try things that aren't going to work. And maybe, you know, we do a collection that no one buys. Or maybe we launch a product that's, like, not great. Or maybe you put out a song that the radio won't play. Like, I think that my first stuff, like, in music really prepared me for hearing, like, no a thousand bazillion times. For hearing, like, this sucks. This isn't going to work. Like, so you have to just get really super comfortable with failure. And I think also... Like, when you come from not a lot, and by not a lot, it's, like, air quotes, not a lot. You know what I mean? Like, when you come from nothing, like, I'm never afraid to, like, not have things. You know what I mean? Like, so I can, like, put all my money on my idea or invest all my time on my idea because, like, worst case scenario, what's going to happen? I'm going to go back and maybe, like, live with my dad. Let's, it's, you know what I mean? Like, it's just... There's not, there's never that much to lose when you don't have your values placed on like super material things. So I think uh, I'm pretty comfortable with failure and I mean, I don't want to fail. <laughs> Universities <laughs> hear me, but it like shit happens every day. You know, when you're running your own business, I was telling my fiance, I'm like, I feel like I'm a firefighter. Every day I'm putting out fires. And then, like, I'm like, okay, this is taken care of. Like, it's smooth sailing. You know what I mean? Like, March is going to be amazing. No, it's not. Like, a thousand things are going to happen that are going to be a huge pain in the ass this month. And, like, I just had to have, like, I just have to get comfortable being uncomfortable.
1: That's interesting because I think I'm a, I'm a scaredy cat. I really am. I um I'm afraid of no's. I'm afraid of something that, you know, I sometimes question my ideas even. Because um, I think it always comes, it, and it goes back to like um, my low self-esteem that I'm still working to, you know, get better at, Uh, and that's something that, you know, my imposter syndrome that I still constantly, every single day, have to give myself pep talks and say, you know, you're here because, you know, you worked hard, you're here because you're smart, you're here despite not having a college degree, despite having an accent, despite, you know, all these things that I tell myself, like, I don't, like, why am I here, like, how am I here, like, who did I con into thinking that I belong here? Um, So those are things that I still have to constantly talk myself out of, uh, but you know, failure, and I tell these to my kid, uh, uh, to my kids, especially now my nine-year-old, who's que- who questions, you know, not winning or not making a goal in, in a soccer game. Like, why didn't I do it? I worked hard. He's like, you know what? But you're not working as best as you should. And f- the the more times you fail at that goal, at trying to make a goal, the closer you are to getting that goal. And that's, and that's you know. No pun intended, but that 's really with business the, the more you try at reaching your goal, the closer you are to making that into a reality and um, i i 'm okay with failure i 'm not i 'm not afraid to ask questions i 'm not afraid of making a fool of myself i'm am not, I'm not i don 't care about embarrassment like to me it 's just like i 'm very good at blocking it. I guess it comes with like growing up in a in a house where like my parents were constantly fighting over money and I was able to block that off and not see it just so I could have some sanity and be a child so I I'm able to like just block off that embarrassment or, or that or that negativity and just look at the bright side and I think I'm very good at that and that all comes from my childhood And even though it was it was rough and and I think I wouldn't be who I am if it wasn't for I guess the setbacks of you know being a first-generation American in this country.
3: I have something to add to that. Um, I don't know what you said that made me think of it. But almost like
1: I really think
3: a key to everything is, like, reframing the way we look at things, right? Like, what is even failure? Like, my biggest failures or, like, the biggest no's led to something really good. And so I think because my business partner and I have this conversation a lot, like, um, like shh she'll say like, maybe this is going to be a waste of time or something, right? Like like a phrase like that. like uh, And then I'll be like, okay, we have to look at it different when we feel that way, right? Because there's no such thing. Like if it's happening and we're going through it, there's going to be a lesson with whatever didn't work out. Right now, um, we're working on some TV projects, which is like the next layer of like our business. We want to move into like more content. And we've been meeting with like the heads of, every network and it's been really amazing the team that we're working with but there's probably gonna be a lot of no's you know what i mean maybe they're all gonna be no's that's a b- huge possibility, right? But what does that mean? And that absolutely means we're going to do it ourselves, and then it's going to be successful, and then when they want it, I'm going to charge them a lot more to get it. You know what I mean? And it's going to be a lot of work, and it's going to be the harder route, and you know what I mean? But I think it's just really looking at even, like, what is failure? Like, you have, it it doesn't exist. Something great is going to come out of it, and I know it sounds like a little, like, hokey, but... I think it's the only way you survive doing what we do. Otherwise, you would quit. And otherwise, you would go take a corporate job and, you know what I mean, get your paycheck every month. I mean, and clock out at five. And it would just, you would live a different life if you didn't approach failure like that.
0: That's awesome. All right. Let's um, bring some of these businesses into the room. Um, Amy, because your hands are full, I'm going to have Lala hand you the mic. But after that, everybody's going to have to come up. Um, So go ahead. Just introduce yourself and what your business is.
1: Amy
3: Blackman. I run an innovation strategy consultancy called Fruition Co. And we do brand coaching, market strategy, and innovation design for multinational businesses, as well as everything from individual brands to organizations to nonprofits. Um, my clients are everyone from Marriott to the World Bank to Panasonic to Julie Pilot.
0: Yes. As Patty was saying, nobody's just one thing. I found myself getting to a spot like in the last year where if somebody Googled me, there would be like bad pictures of me and Britney Spears from 2007, like (laughs) articles I'd written from a yoga journal and old beats press releases. And people would be like, what do you do? And so Amy actually pulled it all together for me with my new website, which is juliepilot.co. So thank you it's for that.
4: beautiful. I want to <laughs> eat that website. It's
0: and so pretty. <laughs> next to you, you got the other Julie, Julie Hove. Hi, Julie
5: Hove Sapien, and my work is in energy healing, and specifically helping people find their joy and feel good through self-empowerment. And as an Angelino first generation also, um, it's called In a Golden State.
0: And if you don't have your own business yet, but you are uh, trending that way, feel free just to say what you're working on.
6: Yeah, Fiona Knightley. I've just spent four years working for Elon Musk at Tesla. Um, Before that, I was 10 years at Apple, uh, which is where I got to work with Julie, and we got to build out the Beats One team together. So I'm a recruiter. Um, I'm looking for great recruiters. (laughs) If anyone's interested in working in that field,
0: you let me know. All right, next to you, this is going to be a curveball. People didn't see this one coming. Go ahead, give me a drop.
5: My name is Erica, popularly known as DJ Switch Ghana. And I'm a um, DJ artist and a philanthropist. And I have the um, DJ Switch Foundation where we have three goals um, gender equality, good health, and well being, and also um, quality education. So uh, it's a nonprofit organization. but um, the team DJs, which we try to help others feel comfortable because um back in Africa, or back in Ghana, there are some girls who, when they are on their period, they feel that they can't go to school because they don't have any place to change um they feel like um there are some washrooms in schools that is both genders, boys and girls, they use the same washroom. So with the DJ Switch Foundation, we're hoping to have a changing room and also um, menstrual um, um um things or how do I even say products uh, products yeah hygiene products for girls so that they can feel comfortable and also have sound mind to learn in school and also. I I, I feel so happy to go to other schools to talk to my fellow colleagues about how to keep keep ourselves clean and I hope to have web shows to talk about the three goals of the DJ Switch Foundation. What I what I love
0: so much about this is um, you know Switch came in this week and I think we kind of skimmed over the part that she's a badass DJ. On the turntables she mixes and this week she like mixed on Beats One. She went and did the Today at Apple event. She like was getting shout outs from DJ Khaled but like inside there's that core of wanting to help there are women. So it's really awesome to have you here. How old are you?
3: I'm too. Old. Oh my gosh, cuz I think like if people are listening. <laughs> if people are listening, maybe they could hear her voice sounds young, but you're amazing.
0: I know. Now I'm inspired. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a there's another voice too. That was the Erica voice. You can like flip the switch and get the like, yo, this is DJ Switch Gonna. <laughs> give me give me one of those. <clears throat>
5: Yo, this is your girl, DJ Switch Corner, right here. We are here inspiring others about how to find their way through being entrepreneurs.
2: Well, color me inspired. Uh, that was pretty awesome. Um, um, I, my name's Elena Aubrey, and I am a co-founder of a music management company. I partnered with another female manager, and we've been at it for about nine months now, and uh, just building and feeling very inspired by this room of powerful ladies, so thank you.
0: And who are some of the artists you're working with?
2: Yeah, so um, we manage the artist uh, Chica, who's a phenomenal rapper, who's doing incredible things. Um, the incredible singer Lauren Haregi, who is author, they're all doing incredible things this year, so get ready, you're going to hear a lot more about them. And then um, the powerful singer-songwriter named Kai who's coming out with her solo project this year as well.
0: So. Awesome. Lots of fun things coming. Right. Hello. My name is Alicia Smith and I founded Bonnie's Catering I'm from South Central LA and um, I'm also very inspired by being around such amazing women. Um, I founded Bonnie's because um, always had a love for cooking. My mom was also a chef um, and through through food, we were able to connect and re um, reimagine our relationship. My mom had a history of drug abuse and um, incarceration, and so this made Who would you like to call made our our relationship that much better. Um, unfortunately, she got sick and before I started my business, and it kind of gave me the inspiration to go forth with it, and so her name is Bonnie, and I bring her everywhere uh, with me, so that's why I started Bonnie Skater. And Alicia makes all the great food for the Idea Fountain.
5: Yeah. All right. Hi, everyone. My name is Lisa Rocha, and I am the jewelry designer behind Ilements Jewelry. I created it in 1999, so this will be my 21st year in business. I'm also from South Central, Pico Union, so that was a big part of inspiration of creating my designs was I didn't see in the mainstream industry. I worked for really big jewelry designers in the late 90s, and I didn't see Latinas within my industry or a brand that reflected um, my cultural style or color and stories. And so presently my jewelry business has turned into a really lifestyle brand, where I not only incorporate my cultural stories, but also a lot of healing um, jewelry into my designs as well.
0: And in the column of you just never know with community, Lala, when we went and saw day at the Soho House <laughs> for the circle, yes. Like we got matched. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa <laughs> was my partner. Yes. Yeah. And friends ever since.
4: Yes. Right. Yeah. Hi, I'm Anna Alvarado. Um, I believe we're not here by chance. This is actually really great to be here and be inspired by everyone. I create art. Um, it started out as something I did as a young girl to kind of overcome some of the adversity that I was experiencing. I'm an East LA kid. And so growing up, I felt like I didn't see myself represented um, in that kind of scene. And when it was, um, it wasn't in a way that I wanted to be seen. So I started to just draw what was around me, and I realized that art was healing. I realized that I was able to share my story um, by creating it, not realizing that in sharing my story, it was attracting other people. And then I was the art was connecting us. So I did the corporate job, balanced the kids, left my corporate job of 20 years plus um, last year where I would raise money for a lot of wonderful um, nonprofit organizations to pursue art full time. So now what I do is I create work centered around, I would say the female spirit, but it's really the human spirit. And um, I have a line of cards and prints I do work with a lot of really amazing folks, and I feel like any opportunity I have to share this gift, because I really believe it's a gift, Um, not that I'm more special than anyone else. I believe we all possess gifts. I just feel like we have this social responsibility to use our platforms to be able to create and do better and just be better humans. So this is my contribution.
0: Awesome. And Morgan, you're going to have to step up. I can go
6: after. Okay. Hi, my name is Gita Williams, and uh, like Elena, I have uh, a management and marketing, actually, um, company in the music business. And um, I was always in... in, uh, at labels working at labels and and in the corporate world and about 10 years ago I decided to uh take a leap and jump out and and start my own company um and the reason for it was while working at labels was fulfilling and amazing I quickly realized that my approach was different and um I always kind of saw myself as a huge artist advocate um and I uh you know decided that listen I want I want to get even one step closer and really try to make a difference. So I started a management company, and um, some of the artists that I have worked with in the past and currently work with um, are um, female pop star, Jojo. Um, I work with Angel Hayes, who's a phenomenal rapper. Um, in the past, I've had clients, Cat uh, Dahlia. Um, I've worked with um, Solange on the marketing end, but on the, on the business side of it, we co-managed an artist named Kalila together for St. huron Um, And my company, my company is called the Meehan Group. Meehan is my mom's name. Um, And I just wanted to commend Patty because I'm actually a political asylum refugee. So I came to this country um, as a a refugee. And um, what you said was really important about um, doing everything you can like everyone else in this country and not always being accepted or feeling like you belong and um, it's really inspiring for I think other girls and women who want to um, start their own companies because um, one thing that's great about it is that it gives us a a, a relentless fighting spirit so um, I think that's also really important for having your own business because um, you know I look at failures as kind of roadblocks um, and maybe because in music you know like Elena, we artists, we we represent artists, so they're human beings, so failure is not an option, because then you're failing their hopes and dreams, and it's not just you're failing them, there's a whole group of people around them that, you know, um, rely on survival working with them, so failure is not an option, it's just, it's really roadblocks, you can't, and that's a reason why I left the labels because it was for me, it was really hard to sometimes it just doesn't work, but you know, you have to give it your all for these artists. Um, so if it doesn't work, you can sleep at night knowing that you've done everything you can for them. That.
0: That's, that's
7: awesome. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Morgan Lindsay, and I have a brand called Well Dam, and it's all about. Reclaiming Lifestyle is a Vehicle for Empowerment for the Next Gen. Um, And through it, I produce Wild Night In, which is an event reclaiming nightlife as a space for the next gen to co-create culture and connect. And we do it through new music, new ideas, and new experiences. And I created it really out of frustration, working in media and with a lot of music artists as a host and content producer, having the best and most deep conversations off-camera and not being able to bring those to an audience of young people like myself and dive deeper and just really having to stay surface. So wanting to take my love of music and love of talking a lot, obviously, (laughs) um, and connecting with my generation and going deeper and, and holding space for these conversations that usually are not okay when you're in a night-out setting. um, I want to fuse all those into something, um, and it didn't exist. Like, so many of you guys have talked about is, you know, creating the thing that we all needed for ourselves growing up, or even now in this moment, or, you know, having that visionary mindset to know the thing that, anticipating the thing that's going to be needed coming up. So, yeah, that's what I do. And I met Julie interning for her back in the day, and I'm so glad to continue to have this relationship with her because she continues to be an inspiration. So. Alex, ramming it up. Uh. <laughs> so many mics.
8: Um, hi, I'm Alex Gervaisi. Um I worked um, at iHeartRadio for 10 years. Um, and it was funny, uh, Julie left KISS six months before I think I started at KISS. So we just missed each other, but everyone spoke so highly of her. We met and... Now I'm sitting in her living room, um, and now I'm her unofficial sound engineer as of today for this podcast so um no, but i I'm not someone who would consider myself an entrepreneur um, and yet sitting here in this room for the last hour and listening to all you uh, ladies share your story and your experience, there's so many things that i I can still take away from, and if you're listening to the podcast now and you're in the same boat as me where you've worked for corporate America for, you know, however many years. Um, there are still so many gems. And I think some, I'm in this, you know, interesting space and season right now um, where I'm trying to figure out, like, what's next and all these things. And I think what I've realized in the last few months, and I am he- I was hearing it a lot today, is, like, creating space for yourself and kind of, c- like, claiming a seat at the table um, because there's so many people especially men who do that just naturally um, because of the society that we live in. Like, I heard a statistic the other day and I was like, that was really interesting where um, men will look at a job um, listing and if they just meet 50% of the requirements, they go for it and they'll probably get it. And women, like apparently we'll look at it and if we don't meet 80% of it, like we might not go for it because I think like women, like especially are very hard on themselves. And so I think it's just this, okay, give yourself permission to go for that thing, whether it's that job or, you know, you're starting your own business and you've been said, uh, you hear no so often to still just do it anyways. And so I've been very inspired today. And so I just want to thank you guys for sharing your stories because it's really cool. You guys, you're some incredible women.
0: That's awesome. Okay, as we round it out, thanks, everybody, for spending so much time. I'm really curious. I would love just to close out and have every single person say, like, one thing they're really proud of with their business, whether it was, like, an accomplishment, something you didn't think you could do, or, um, I don't know, the guts that you have. Like, I just think it's really good to talk about the things we're proud of,
1: too. Uh who wants to go first? I'll go first. Um my my kids when they talk about their mom and um I I you know as a parent you're you're always told your kids won't listen what you have to say but they'll see what you do. And when The pride they get when they tell their friends or classmates. My mom owns little libros uh, and he's beaming from ear to ear. It's like, you know, he's watching his mom. And me being the person that he's spending the most time with right now, it's like he's taking from me and he's learning and he's going to be okay. I think for me, I'm just
3: most proud of, like, that I just never believed, like, the naysayers and that I, like, never gave up when I've heard 1,000 no's. You guys, there's been so many no's, so many, this is impossible, so many, like, this will never work if you leave, like, good luck, like, good Just I've heard so much, and there was so much spoken negatively against, like kind of like the cultural standpoint um, that I bring to everything that I do. That I would need to like leave that alone in order to be successful. That I would need to like assimilate, be more pop, do what Beyonce is doing. You know what I mean? And that was like 2005 before she was doing, or 2007 before she was doing like things that were very political. And so for me, it was just always like, just leave your culture at home. You know what I mean? And I'm just really proud that I never did. And because I wouldn't, I would have just taken a different path. You know what I mean? Because that's the only thing that's made this all so special. <laughs> um, I would say,
2: you know, really, I started out, you know, working with flowers and making small arrangements. And... Um, and I think the thing that I'm most proud of is that I have realized, well, that the, my own creativity has grown into so much more than just it goes beyond a vase. And it's about taking that and creating these larger than life installations, um, creating experiences for people um, to see flowers in ways that maybe they would not have um, expected and um and doing all different kinds of design um furniture design furniture design product design all inspired by nature and fashion and flowers and um and then I would just end that by saying that um one of the biggest gifts is really to be able to inspire other people to find their own creativity
0: so awesome thanks to everybody for coming out what a powerful room and happy international women's month all right i am so thankful for my relationship with all my homegirls and so proud of each and every one of them. Thanks again to Jennifer, Patty, Lala, and everybody that joined the Fireside Chat. If you want to check out previous episodes of the Idea Fountain, everything is up on juliepilot.co. That's J-U-L-I-E-P-I-L-A-T tco co. Or, of course, Instagram at juliepilot, link in bio. Uh, take care. Be safe. I appreciate you. Thank you so much much.